It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to Breakfast with Rosie. Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the fuck? I know it's mean to say you're green, but you got to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit. So stay at home and make my grits. <laughs> That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of www.wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hi, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA impact zone with one of those metal detector wands. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the air guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cut on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Hey what's up everyone Don Tony here Welcome to this edition of Breakfast with Blasi For Wednesday, December 5th, 2018 I got to tell you, I got to thank every single one of you for your support. And I swear to God, I am not pandering to any of you. But someone brought to my attention how many additional shows I did this year compared to last year. And you factor in this week in wrestling history, blah, blah, blah. Additional episodes of Breakfast Soup last night. And I know we plug Patreon all the time, but if there was ever a time to sign up for a month, and even if you don't like it, PM me on Patreon, I'll give you five bucks back. I've done it a few times for people. I don't mind, but there's so much content there. And I always plug Breakfast Soup, Kev's Castle Chronicles, Predictions Contest, and free episodes of this show, DTKC, early releases of other stuff, but... We debuted something yesterday, and I didn't even think of the name until three quarters into the show, and we ended up calling it Breakfast Chat. And I know it sounds kind of corny, but basically the idea on Patreon is uh, every other week to start, we're going to do a uh, in a live show, but it's going to be strictly interacting with everyone live in the chat room. And last night we had about, I don't know, altogether about 300 patrons. Not They weren't all signed in at the same time. Some people would sign in, some people would leave. Some people would sign in, some people would leave. 
and it was about 300 patrons last night, and they're chatting along with us, and we're ha- we start a conversation. We partic- chose a particular topic, which was SmackDown. We're talking about SmackDown, showing lots of praise for Daniel Bryan, Oscar, Charlotte, Becky Lynch. Praise. I know a lot of shows like The Bash. Actually, last night was a lot of praise. And as we would start off with that topic, they would then start conversations and it would lead into other things. The next thing you know, I'm talking about this fucking hotel that I used to hang out at in 1990 that had nothing but prostitutes and drug addicts and fucking gangsters hiding out from the cops. It was just wild what went on yesterday and we recorded it. It's on Patreon. It's over two hours long. Mish and I did it. And we ended up calling it Breakfast Chat. So it's basically Breakfast Soup, but live and interactive with our patrons. We will only do it with them chatting with us. And we're going to do one again in about a week or so. And we plan on starting to do video. Last night was so much fun. But everyone out there that is listening to this right now, I can't thank you enough for your support. And it doesn't have to be financial. You like what we do, tell friend, tell others, post it on message boards, Facebook, Twitter, because going back to 1997, when I started doing my local wrestling hotline, I can honestly tell each and every one of you out there that I am having just as much fun right now doing this with all of you than I did in 1997. It's amazing. You know, the, the sad part about a lot of shows out there is their number one priority for doing their blog podcast is what's in it for me financially? What money can I make in return? And there is nothing wrong with anyone out there doing this as a little hobby, trying to make a couple of bucks. But if you don't care about your audience and you don't have a connection with your audience, You're never going to survive. And it sucks because all of you out there motivate me to do all of these extra shows. Plus, with wrestling, yeah, Raw Monday, lowest rated Raw in the history. Since 1993, we're talking 25 years of Monday Night Raw. Monday's Raw was the lowest rate rating in history. SmackDown didn't do much better. SmackDown's rating came out today. And it was, I think, around 1.9 million viewers. Second lowest SmackDown since they've moved to this time slot or whatever it is. Or they went to SmackDown Live, I guess is the best, best way to put it. You know, look, Becky Lynch, most popular woman on the WWE roster right now. I don't think anybody would argue with that. You know, some people are just overblowing it a little bit too much. And you know what? I My original thoughts today, and it's going to segue into a quick news story, and we got a boatload of stuff to get into today. I'm sure a lot of you know by now that uh, the Dynamite Kid passed away today, which was his birthday at age 60. We'll get into that in a little bit. I have uh, quite a few things to talk about. But, you know, earlier today, uh, WWE did the pre-sale for their fan access for the Royal Rumble. You know, meet and greets, you know, AJ Styles, Becky Lynch, a whole bunch of people. And when Becky Lynch's appearance went on sale where you could buy VIP tickets to meet Becky Lynch, it sold out in 90 seconds. And 
that my original plan was to not criticize that. That's awesome. It's wonderful to see that equate to, you know, sales, popularity, because, you know, you got that core niche online that are very outspoken about Becky. But as you have heard on these shows, even, you know, the clip that I put online that Epic Sports posted from Breakfast Soup of Mission I, the night after Becky took on Charlotte many months ago, and we said that Becky Lynch should be the stone cold of this era. Not, you know, drinking beers and having the attitude and going against authority, but him, The Rock, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk to a certain degree, they had a connection with the fans. It's just a very intimate relationship with the fans. And yes, every babyface wrestler out there has a connection to the fans to a certain degree. But if you know the conversation we had, you know why we said it. You know, and it's funny because I actually, in the last couple of days, I see, you know, very smart people who do blogs and shows and websites. And and again, I need to stress this. When I mention that category, all right, I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, why don't you mention the sites and the blogs and those shows you're talking about and blah, 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 and you don't have a set of balls and this, this, and that. Do you know why I always mention that group because I won't criticize fans. I won't criticize fans who want that suspension of disbelief, who want to believe for a minute that Ronda Rousey and Sonia Deville or this person is feuding with this person online is that, you know, in some cases, some of the comments posted online are real case in point, Ember Moon's husband. I don't know if anybody saw this, um, you know, I tweet and delete. I, I do it a lot. And I can honestly say 90% of the time I tweet and delete because I misspell something. I don't use a, the right grammar. I might leave a word out. And I run into the habit of not reading what I write three times before I hit enter. You know, because sometimes I type it and then I'll read it once but sometimes you read it a second or third time and then you spot something that's wrong with it that you don't spot, you know, right away. So 90% of the time, it's grammatical reasons. Once in a while, I'll write something and then I'll take a step back from it. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's that's actually a little bit off of how I feel in this. And I'll, and I'll delete it. I mean, that's just the way it is. I get a kick out of people who tweet and have a set of balls and express an opinion, a feeling, or something that might be somewhat controversial, and then they get cold feet, and they delete it. I've talked about it on all the shows that I do, that I call people out on Twitter that do shows also, that they'll write these slick little one-liners on Twitter, you know, bashing something. It's usually bashing or criticizing. And then when you call them out on it, well, you know, I, 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 you know, after I thought about it and, you know, maybe it isn't it. Oh, come on, have the fucking balls to stand by your words. Why? Because you realize after that, come on. And it's always because they write something negative. I, I fucking hate that. If you're going to have the balls to criticize something, then stand by your words. And if you're going to write something dopey, 
You know, stand by your words, too, or think twice before you hit the enter button. And Ember Moon's husband, and I had to check the timestamps before I went ahead and came to the conclusion of Nia Jackson. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, there were news reports going around today that Ember Moon's husband, Matthew Palmer, you might remember they got married very, very recently. He went on Twitter and called Nia Jackson unsafe moron. And the exact tweet was, and I quote, hope this unsafe moron doesn't hurt my wife again, end quote. And he tweeted it, he deleted it. Now look, I'll play devil's advocate for a minute. He deleted it because he doesn't want his wife, Ember Moon, being having any heat with WWE offices. Okay, I get that. But, man, if you're going to fucking write something dopey like that in the first place, then you stand by it. You know, you take your fucking medicine or don't write it at all. So he tweeted and deleted it, and, and people always see everything. So people are reporting that he called Nia Jackson unsafe moron. So I read the tweet like 10 times and I said to myself, I don't see the words Nia Jax anywhere. I don't recall Nia Jax ever hurting Ember Moon. So I did some research online, searching Ember Moon's previous injuries from the shoulder and some other things. And the closest I could come up with anything was matches she had with Asuka. She didn't face Asuka this week. They're on different brands. And I'm searching specifically for Nia Jax injuring Ember Moon, and I can't find anything. So my immediate reaction was was going to be, you know, why are people immediately coming to the conclusion that it's Nia Jax? Then I researched the timestamp of when he wrote this. And some people posted it. It was like 3.45 a.m. on the 4th. That's because where they live at the time Raw aired, you know, live, that was their time. So when you actually converted to, in my case, Eastern Standard Time in New York, that was tweeted during Raw. Who were Ember Moon's opponents? Tamina or Nia Jax? So now let's be honest here. He could have very well have been talking about Tamina just as much as Nia Jax. Still, nonetheless, I can't find anything that where Tamina injured Ember Moon either. So everyone is pretty much assuming that he was talking about Nia Jax, only two people that she faced on Monday. So he deleted it. That's pretty much what's going on. It's turning, It's people are trying to turn it into a snowball and make it a, a bigger story. I think it's a big deal because, you know, you're calling someone on the roster an unsafe moron. Do I think Nia Jax is an unsafe moron? No, but I'm not in the ring. I don't know the little potato shots in here and there that may happen that we never even know about. Uh, I don't know what the overall consensus is as far as other people on the roster. You know, if you took a, a box and you told everybody on the women's roster on both brands and say, hey, we want your opinion on Nia Jax. All right. We don't want you to handwrite it because we could figure out your handwriting. So we want everyone to use this this computer and this printer. And I want you to type in a couple of sentences. Do you feel Nia Jax is unsafe? 
And everybody goes and they do their thing and they type it and they print it out and they put it on a piece of paper, fold it up, put it in a box, All right? Yes, I know that sounds a little bit too complicated, but I wonder how many women on that roster without being, um, you know, de- revealed feel that way about Nia Jax. But us as fans, you know, yeah, you might get a little bit extra emotional because she injured Becky Lynch and Becky Lynch is the most popular woman on the women's roster right now. Some people would think Ronda Rousey is. I tend to think it's Becky Lynch. Um, And I don't want anybody to say to me, well, look at the SmackDown ratings. It's not reflecting it. Well, I will say to you, look at the Raw ratings. It's not reflecting that for Ronda Rousey. All right, but the thing is, getting back to Becky Lynch, what I said earlier, is that, you know, WWE, the pre-sale for the Royal Rumble fan access went on sale today. Becky Lynch's appearance sold out in 90 seconds. She acknowledged it, thanked the fans, and a lot of websites are reporting this as major news, like record time. That's actually what people wrote, record time. And I'm talking about people like Goofy Powell and others, and... I'm going to say this with all due respect. This has nothing to do with Becky Lynch because if people haven't noticed, I have done nothing but sung the praise for Becky Lynch for quite some time. But this was a pre-sale. All right. When pre, I don't know if people understand how pre-sale works. Pre-sale is a very limited number of tickets that are released before they actually go on sale for the general public. All right. I am not under the impression and no one else has clarified that every one of the VIP tickets were were sold today via presale. All right. Friday, they go on sale for the general public. So when people say, oh, my God, record time, this isn't that. Um, I don't believe every VIP ticket sold uh, today. It was a presale. OK, when people say, oh, the presale sold out in a minute. You don't, you don't have no idea how many tickets went on sale. General public usually is the where the majority of tickets are sold. Nonetheless, though, that is still great for Becky Lynch. It really does because it's really showing the WWE that the popularity that they're feeling online, the reaction they see in the crowds, you know, to a certain extent, is equating now, is translating into ticket sales. And this could elevate her status for WrestleMania too. You know, I, I read people say, you know, they're not going to call Becky Lynch, you know, the, the Steve Austin of the women, you know, after, you know, a short amount of time. She will never be the Steve Austin of the women. Nobody ever said that her character, so to speak, would be Steve Austin. All right, Steve Austin was vulgar. Steve Austin went against authority. All right, Becky Lynch has an attitude right now. A lot of women and men that wrestled in the past have had an attitude, okay? The the connection as far as the reference to Steve Austin has to do with the popularity and has to do with the interaction with the crowds. That's not the persona. If longtime listeners remember, when Roman Reigns was on the roster, the main roster, for about six or seven months, several years ago, I said that they're going to give him the John Cena push. And I had tons of people, from listeners to my co-hosts to others, saying, you don't wrestle like John Cena. You don't look like John Cena. Why would you say it's the John Cena push? 
Now people understand what I was talking about. All right. That is the role model, women and children, cool, this and that. And yes, now he's been struck with the illness and his popularity has skyrocketed. But as we talked about last night on the breakfast chat, you know, we looked at the ratings for Roman Reigns on at the top earlier this year, a month before he became champion, a month after became champion, when he was the focal point of a lot of episodes of Raw and the ratings were piss poor. Not lowest of all time, but very, very close to it. Um, the turning point with WWE's ratings being so terrible right now, you could actually pinpoint it because we were talking about it last night. You remember when they had Hell in a Cell? The main event was Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman and a Hell in a fucking Cell match went to a no contest because Brock Lesnar interfered. Remember the fans live chanting bullshit? We were all ripping it apart. One of the dumbest fucking dis booking decisions ever done. All right, I know we're not supposed to use those terms as wrestling fans, but that was just horrendous. I mean, you could go back to the worst of the worst with WCW, the worst of the worst with TNA, the worst of the worst of any indie promotion out there. I don't think any fucking dope 99 times out of 100 would, would, would say, well, you know what? This is a hell in a cell. This is a cage match. Anything goes. But we're going to end it in no contest because somebody's the fuck out of here. You look at the ratings a week, starting a week after that event. It's it, you could see the decline three, four hundred thousand viewers. And they haven't recovered. So trust me, it's not any one wrestler. It's not. It's just. Some of the things that WWE's doing decision wise, and yes, they're a billion dollar company. Yes, their their stock has increased quite a bit. It's leveled off, but still, it's gonna be I've talked about this before. It's gonna be very interesting to see what happens in the future with Saudi Arabia. Because Saudi Arabia is a lot more than just a crown prince. And I know a lot of you out there know about the latest news with Jamal Khashoggi's murder and all that. You know, so you can't just look at the entire Saudi Arabia country and its entire Saudi Arabia government and um, say it's it's all the prince. You know, he is a major, uh, you know, powerhouse of that government, but it doesn't all begin and end with him. But there are issues going on, and that Saudi Arabia deal is one of the reasons why their stock increased significantly this year. You don't have to take my word for it. Don't read other wrestling websites out there. Go on the business wire and read some of the stuff going on. And I guess I could segue into something else, uh, the XFL. And there was some big news coming out today. Uh, they announced the eight teams that will be involved in the new XFL it is just eight teams. They announced where they're going to be performing, what states, cities, you know, the stadiums. I have it here. We had some comments by uh, the commissioner, Oliver Luck, who, um, you know, got into some pretty specific details. And the first thing I read today is idiotacy from so many wrestling-related sites and pages talking about how the XFL is going to provide insurance, but the WWE doesn't. And I'm going to give everybody out there a little bit of an education as far as insurance and the WWE roster, 
because there's a few things you may not know and there's a few common sense things that you may not put together. And I'm not accusing anybody listening of being part of that idiocy. Uh, is that the right word to put it? Idiocy? I think that's the better, but yeah, I think that's the word. But maybe you could take some of this information and educate others. But anyway, getting into the XFL quickly, the uh, eight cities uh, that are going to be hosting XFL games, the teams, um, a lot of people said New York. You know, look, I know the MetLife Stadium, they always say New York, New Jersey. When WWE goes there, it's always New York, New Jersey. But the fact is, it's in the state of New Jersey. So people writing New York today, that's just not accurate. But East Rutherford, New Jersey, the MetLife Stadium. Arlington, Texas at the Globe Life Park. Houston, Texas at the TD ECU Stadium. Los Angeles, California at the StubHub Center. St. Louis, Missouri at the Dome in America, at America Center. Seattle, Washington at the CenturyLink Field. Tampa, Florida at Raymond James Stadium. Washington, D.C. at Audi Field. The first week for the XFL, the season will kick off February 8th, 2020. That is about a year and three months from now. That is a week after Super Bowl 54, the weekend after Super Bowl 54. Keep in mind, no players have been signed yet. Keep in mind, we haven't seen like, uh, you know, the, the management coaches and a year fucking flies by. Trust me, a year flies by. I'm very curious to see where this goes. I don't know if it's going to succeed. I know that they this time around, they're not trying to be the anti-NFL. They actually say that they want to work with the NFL or they don't they don't want to be an enemy of the NFL. And I guess a way that you can look at this is, and I hate using baseball analogies, but for anybody out there that does follow Major League Baseball, what happens when the season ends? You always hear the winter fall league or whatever it's called, and you hear a lot of players that will go and play in a different country, whatever it is, and, you know, they they play in the wintertime and they try to hone their skills a little bit more, work on a few things. Maybe some pitchers recovering from Tommy John surgery will get some extra work in and some people will play a little bit just to stay fresh. So this may be something sort of that when you compare it to the NFL, the rules are going to be a little bit tighter they're looking into having shorter play clocks so these games could end in less than three hours. They say it's going to be family-friendly, but I think that's more in the form of ticket prices and not you know, costing an arm and a leg to go to. Um, as I said recently on Breakfast Soup, I still take a step back and I say to myself, you look at all the concussion lawsuits going on in the NFL. I don't care this is the XFL. I don't care if it's the AFL. I don't care if it's the PFL, the Pussy Football League. I don't care if it's touch football. It's still fucking football. And it just blows my mind that Vince McMahon would get involved in a sport where there are claims that 90% of the NFL players have some form of a brain injury. And I think about what happened with Benoit and you think of Chris Nowinski and Bret Hart and other wrestlers and that big lawsuit that was thrown out about, you know, wrestlers claiming, you know, certain injuries, this and that. 
and you have claims that the NFL has 90% of their players with brain injuries and Vince McMahon gets involved in that sport. I don't care how you try to change the game. It just surprises me that Vince would get involved. I hope it succeeds. I really do. I'm just a little, you know, skeptical right now. We'll see where it goes. Obviously, there are people involved that really think that this is something missing in in football right now. Um, I think it'll be a little bit more patriotic where they will not allow the players to take a knee. I think uh, in some cases it's going to attempt to be safer. But look what happened with the XFL, everyone. Vince McMahon vowed that wrestling would not be influenced by it in the beginning. And you saw how it changed. They did storylines. They did skits. They did stuff with the women. I mean, things changed because the ratings were nosediving. And if this is not exciting, then ratings are going to be piss poor, terrible. It may start off decent because the curiosity factor, but it could nosedive quickly. But the one thing in the wrestling world that I noticed today, which I thought was just really, really stupid and careless, is people are writing how the XFL is going to provide insurance coverage for their players. But when it comes to the WWE and Vince McMahon and their wrestlers, no coverage. They have no coverage. The wrestlers, they have no insurance. No insurance. How many times you heard that? No insurance. You're reading it right now. No insurance. Why am I talking this way? Here's the facts. If someone gets hurt in the WWE ring, they're covered. WWE covers their expenses. They cover wages up to a certain point, surgeries, whatever. That's the facts. Now, I'm sure a lot of you out there are doing the math and saying, okay, you take a televised show during the week, house show, one or two of them, sometimes a pay-per-view as well. You know, a wrestler may perform in the ring 40 minutes a week. What about all the other times, all the other days and hours in a, in a week? What about coverage there? A wrestler on the WWE roster has to, is required, must maintain at their own cost health insurance. Every year, every female male wrestler on the roster has to provide to WWE a certificate of insurance showing that they have health coverage. They can also purchase disability insurance, life insurance, if they feel the need for it. But when it comes to health insurance, they have to provide WWE proof that if something happens on the outside for whatever it is, or it could just be, you know, a typical flu or something, that you have to have health insurance. That's it. No other way to put it. And it gets interesting because if you have a health insurance policy and you get hurt on the job, you know, and you go to the doctor, your own health coverage may be covering your surgeries or treatments or doctor's visits anyway. All right. But then people say, wow, that's fucked up. WWE puts the cost on their performers. I want you all to think about this for a minute, okay? I've been doing insurance. I sell insurance. I've been doing it for 20 plus years. So I know everything there is to know about insurance. And I live in New York. So New York insurance is a little bit more complicated than some states out there. I don't know how much health insurance costs for other states out there. All right, yes, I write house insurance, car insurance, 
flood insurance, homeowners insurance. I, did I say house insurance? Yeah, I, I write that for 11 different states. But when it comes to health insurance, only New York. And I could tell you that the average price that I sell health insurance for, for a couple, a husband and wife, their policy on average is about $1,600 a year. A, a month, excuse me, $1,600 a month. That's $800 for each one of them. My own health insurance, I pay about $700 a month for, all right? So again, I don't know what other states out there are more expensive than New York. I don't think that there's many. But you look at the person on the roster and, okay, you want to take that route while WWE's fucked up that they won't even cover their wrestlers. They have to buy their own health insurance. Well, I want to use a contractor as an example because what have you heard about wrestlers for decades? They're independent contractors. I write a lot of contractors. So here's a little lesson on insurance. Then you'll understand why what WWE does with their roster is not fucked up at all. And I'm not a WWE dick sucker, okay? Independent contract. I write contractors all the time. Contractors, they fix your house, home improvement. They might fix your plumbing, your electrical, your roofing, your flooring, cabinet work, painting, fixing sheetrock, holes. That's what a contractor is. And they will hire people to do work for them. You know, contractors, home improvement, carpentry, plumbing, electrical, shit like that. So in New York, if your business is under a certain number of employees, you're not required to purchase health coverage. If you have a certain number of employees and they're part-timers, you're not required to buy them health coverage. When you go over a certain number, you're forced to buy it. Now, especially in the contracting world, you know, you don't get jobs all the time. So you may end up with a month, two, three months where you have no work. Nobody's calling you to do repairs on the house and shit like that. So what do you do about your workers? They're going to sit at home and just collect a paycheck anyway. So a lot of people get paid by the day. And you can't predict what that person is going to make over a year because you don't know how many times you're going to use them during the year. So because of that, you you can't put someone down as a full-timer and usually they're put down as a part-timer. So now what do you do about their health coverage when you don't even know if they're going to be working full-time hours where you're forced to give them that health coverage? What a lot of people will do is they will give that person an extra 200 bucks a week go buy your own health coverage, do whatever you want. All right. But that's what they'll do. All right. I'll use another example that has nothing to do with insurance, but you'll see where I'm going with it. Okay. My girlfriend works for an office and up until about six months ago, ever since she started working there, her employer always bought them breakfast and lunch. It's a pretty good deal. You don't have to pay for your breakfast, pay for your lunch. You work in there five days a week. That's awesome. After a couple of years, the employer told everybody, look, I'm not going to pay for everybody's breakfast and lunch anymore, but instead, I'm going to give you all $100 each in your paycheck every week. You buy your own food. Do whatever you want with it. So now let's go back to the WWE roster. I don't know how much the health insurance is in other states, but let's just pretend that everybody on the roster lives in New York. And again, I pay $700 for my insurance. And that's the low end in a lot of cases. So we'll use $700 as the example. 
Okay. The wrestler, that means will have to pay about $8,000 a year for the health coverage. And trust me, the policy I have has a low deductible, has low co-pays. It's not bad at all, but $700 for one person is fucking expensive. But when you have wrestlers that are getting paid a hundred grand, 200 grand, 60 grand, 70 grand, getting bonuses, all right, getting uh, paid this or that, you're telling me that $8,000 for health coverage that WWE doesn't pay is fucked up? If someone is getting $70,000 and they may in fact be getting $10,000, $5,000, $7,000 more a year in their pay because they're not given health coverage, why are you complaining? Why are you ripping WWE? Think about that. And again, you have people on the roster that live in states where I guarantee you getting health coverage for one person might be $400 a month. And not only that, no one is telling you that you have to buy a really expensive policy with a very low deductible. If you never, and trust me, everyone out there that's listening right now that has bought health insurance on their own or outside of their employer, you know what I'm talking about. You go and you look shop around for health insurance. They have bronze plans, silver plans, platinum plans, gold plans. And the lower the deductible, the more it is a month. So if you rarely ever go to the doctor and you're like, I hardly ever go to the doctor. I just want to get coverage in case something fucking tragically goes wrong. All right, I'll take out a policy with an $8,000 deductible and only pay $300 a month. All right. I felt bad, all right? Uh, you know, you you hear about this person breaks their leg, this person gashes their arm, this person cuts off their hand and this and that. And you hear on Twitter fellow people that get injured and they're like, wow, I had to pay an $8,000 deductible. Well, you don't fucking mention that your health insurance is only $500 a month while everyone else is paying 800 a month. You know, so it's not that... Here in New York, you do have a selection. In some states, you don't have that much of a selection. But the bottom line is, okay, when people out there say, wow, it's fucked up, WWE doesn't provide health coverage, this and that, when you figure out the money that these performers make on their contracts and all the outside projects and you see the WWE Network and WWE Films and doing all these promotional things and doing movies and, you know, get it, they get paid comfortably, all right? And that's just... The fact, if someone out there decides to buy the cheapest bullshit health coverage and then something happens and they're like, wow, you know, I, I got $10,000 deductible, well, that's your fucking fault. Who the fuck told you to order Grubhub every single day and have room service every single day and you rent out a fucking uh, a Chevy Corvette as a rental car instead of a Dodge Dart or a caravan? Come on. You know, you got to have your priorities in order. And people out there, sometimes they're married to people who work for a company and that company provides health insurance for their spouse. So they don't even have to worry about getting coverage for their spouse. So please, when you see people out there still bringing up, I saw one website, I don't want to mention who it is. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. But they actually posted the clause of what I just read. And they put in big, black, bold letters, 
wrestler shall maintain at his or her cost and expense health insurance coverage and then rips WWE for saying, wow, WWE puts the cost on their work. On their work. But think about what they're getting paid. You don't know if they're getting paid a little bit extra in their contract so they could go buy health coverage. The fuck out of here. So that's the facts. As far as XFL, health insurance, WWE, and we'll move on. First off, I want to shout out our new and returning patron, Shezi Ali, Xavier, Nico Time, uh, Justin Rebstock, Mark 43, Adonis Lee, Tom Schwartz, and Raymond Pagella. And again, shout out to CM Black Pixels for uh, sitting ringside Monday with the DT sign and uh, annoying quite a few people online, trolling some people. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And congrats once again to Mr. and Mrs. John McNair on their wedding. Awesome. Love hearing stuff about that. Um, now, rest in peace, Dynamite Kid died today at the age of 60. Anybody that has followed the Dynamite Kid for many, many years knows about, you know, his his issues outside of wrestling. Um, I talked very recently on This Week in Wrestling History, that CNN special, Death Grip, right after the Benoit murders. They aired that special. They tried to manipulate John Cena's words to make it sound like, you know, fans will never know if he does steroids or not, which was just really fucked up in CNN. I don't think ever retracted or had issued an apology. Dynamite Kid was featured all over that show. Dynamite Kid wrote a book, wrote about, you know, losing his family because of issues. Um, But he is... Truly, and I wrote this on Twitter earlier today, the term pioneer is spread awfully thin in the world of sports and entertainment. He's a pioneer. She's a pioneer. Pioneer. I mean, come on. The Dynamite Kid was truly a pioneer in the world of pro wrestling. WWE will tribute him by saying... It's people like the Dynamite Kid that led to 205 Live. No, Dynamite Kid was fucking a hell of a lot more than that. It is underappreciated the number of wrestlers that you have enjoyed over the last 20 plus years who were influenced heavily by the Dynamite Kid, who came into the business because they emulated the Dynamite Kid that fucking followed it. You have no idea the number of wrestlers from Jericho to Benoit across the board. Dynamite Kid is much more than someone who uh, paved the way for 205 Live, set the stage the fuck out of here. Don't diminish his career like that. He is was truly a pioneer in the world of pro wrestling, you watch some of the shit that he did in the early 80s and it still stands up to today, all right? No, he didn't fucking come out with 15 different moves that we've never seen before, but his style, his accuracy, he just, he was awesome. He was fucking awesome. And I hope WWE does the right thing and puts a little channel on their network with a boatload of matches don't just put the stuff with Davy Boy Smith and Matilda and all that shit. That was fine. That was good. Some of the matches they had with the Hart Foundation back then are still entertaining, 
to watch beginning to end. But I want to see some of the stuff with Tiger Mask. I want to see some of the stuff he did in Calgary. I want to see some of the stuff that he did overseas. I want to see where he did some of the stuff he did in Japan. I want to see some of that also. Um, anybody who loves the high flying, love Jericho, love Benoit style, you, you, you could just landstorm. There's so many. I mean, there's dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of wrestlers, some that never made it, some that barely broke into, you know, the big time. There are hundreds of wrestlers who have been inspired primarily because of Dynamite Kid growing up. He entertained me as a kid, and all I could say is rest in peace, thank you. I have no fucking idea what it's like to be in that kind of pain from the 80s to today and just have it debilitating. Yes, I had a car accident in 96, put me in a wheelchair for nine months, got to get a hip replacement in a couple of years, dealing with pain still 24-7, have a spinal stimulator in me, and it gets fucking depressing to have to deal with this pain. And with Dynamite Kid, yes, he did drugs. Yes, he drank. Yes, he did this to masquerade the pain, to masquerade the depression, to masquerade a lot of the disappointment in his life. And yeah, it fucked his life up. Still, pioneer, legend in this sport. Some people actually asked me today, which I thought is a very good question. Could they have not put in the Dynamite Kid in the WWE Hall of Fame yet because they were a little bit concerned as far as what he would say on a live mic at the Hall of Fame ceremony? I know some of you out there may think that's a little bit of a stretch or a little ridiculous. I wouldn't say it's as far-fetched as you think. All right, I think that there is a group of people out. Now, look. If you were going to be concerned about anybody, I think Jake the Snake Robinson, Razor Ramon, back at that time would have been a little bit concerning, or even Ultimate Warrior. What is he going to say in his Hall of Fame speech? All right. British Bulldog, you know, he passed on. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Okay, you want to put the British Bulldogs in together? Fine. Davy Boy Smith passed away. British Bulldogs was still alive up until today. You know, uh, a little concerned about, you know, what you could possibly say. I think that there's some people at WWE, I know it sounds kind of fucked up, and it really is when you think about it, but I think there's some people that they avoid putting in the WWE Hall of Fame until they're deceased. Some people that should go in without a doubt before they're deceased. But now with Dynamite Kid passed away, uh, I think the British Bulldogs will be on the fast track of going into the WWE Hall of Fame. And they deserve it. No question. So rest in peace, Dynamite Kid. Shout out to our associate producers, Tyke Bowers, Rob from Nashville, John Krauser, Tony, Michael Petrowski, Bad Boy Nico, Paul Convoy, Daniel Williams, Dan Hayes Valdez, Justin Rebstock, John Miller, Mark Redman, John Steck, John Coffey, Andrew914, Zach Spoonamori, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam Demoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, and Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, The Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers, Billy Taylor, Nickel Time, Masan Al Hashmi, Brett Webster, Aaron Walker, Aaron Close, Out Nahia, Anthony Smith, James Gruesome, Mark Israel, Jeffrey Collins, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Lucio Dalban, Mandingo Chamberlain, 
Josh Wilson, Jason Pratt, Scott Woodford. Hope you're doing well, Scott, with your recovery. CJ Uihara, Crestman. Can't wait to kick your ass in fantasy baseball. James Deal, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Miracles Jr., Douglas McKay, Anna DeGay Banana, Julian LeBlanc, Brandon Rice, Carl Butoiki, Cheese and Rice, Spider Lewin, The Metaphor Isaac Fox, Rob McKay, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo. They are the associate producers of what we do. They really dictate a lot of what you hear on these shows, the content. They, along with other, other patrons, are the reason why you're hearing the show free and other shows free. And if you want to check out our Patreon page, there's a reason why a lot of those names you've heard for a couple of years now, because our page is something special. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. If a lot of you would sign up for one month, you, you know, I know $5 doesn't sound like a lot, but when a lot of people sign up for one month, believe me, you help with the expenses big time. And we give you a boatload of stuff in return. And what's awesome about it is we have a ball doing it. We didn't need to do this breakfast chat last night. We didn't need to do half of the stuff that we do on Patreon, but we do it because we like it. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. And if you like the DTKC show on Breakfast with Blasi, you're getting other shows there, which is totally different than what you get here. So give it a shot. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. For those that are interested, Impact Wrestling added a live event that's streaming on their Twitch channel uh, December 14th. It's going to be an event they're doing from Dayton, Ohio. Eddie Edwards, Moose, Ali, the Rascals, uh, Matt Seidel, Trevor Lee, um, who's leaving the company, by the way, and I think that might be his final match. OVE, others are going to be on there. It's going to be a show uh, held in conjunction with Rockstar Pro, which is run by Dave and Jack Christ of OVE. And uh, it, it's a pretty cool deal. You know, I appreciate everyone who took the time Monday to listen to the entire conversation that Kevin and I had about this AWE or AEW All Elite Wrestling stuff. All right. I'm not shitting on the possibility of a promotion being formed. I would love it. I would love another form of entertainment. Okay. When I see people writing, they're going to prove you wrong. Prove what wrong? I'm just spelling out facts right now that people are taking trademarks for future all-in type events and turning it into a promotion with TV, with weekly shows. And that is just not the case. I don't give a fuck what Skybox Cody Rhodes was sitting in in an NFL game this weekend. The fuck does that mean? That all of a sudden the promotion's being formed and TV is being done and fucking contracts are being... Come on, seriously? You know, I mean, are you really that shallow about it? But where I say thank you was at the very tail end of what I said on Monday. And I mean this just wholeheartedly, and I emphasize this. You have Impact Wrestling right now. You have Lucha Underground right now. Hell, you have MLW right now. What? the fuck are you doing not supporting those promotions to the guild? You want to see AEW? You want to see Cody, the Young Bucks, Omega, this and that? 
well, why would you want to wait a year? Uh, you know, I, W, you want to see the promotions that are in business right now that have weekly shows, that have events, that have, in some cases, pay-per-view, that have international TV deals. Those are the ones you should be supporting. I'm not saying not to support other promotions or support whatever this AEW stuff turns out to be, but why are you not pushing and supporting the existing promotions? Just think how ridiculous that sounds that this group of wrestlers that you that people are fucking already have AEW as their fucking screen savers and their uh their fucking wallpapers and stuff but yet those very same people you don't want to see them performing in current promotions the fuck is that seriously so i again i know i said it at the very end of what i said monday but that is probably the most important thing right now you have existing promotions help those promotions get bigger speak out you don't like certain things. If you you want to see things go in a different direction, you want to see them bring in some of the stars that are going to perform in AEW, speak up, open your mouth. You're going to wait for something that you don't even know what it's going to be. As of right now, if they do future all-in type events, these trademarks are so they protect their, their product. Their shows, their streaming video, their merchandise. They don't want bootlegs. They don't want this. They don't want that. Where did it turn into a promotion with TV and this is that? Come on, man. Seriously? Do you realize the amount of money that gets involved? I don't think anybody even understands. Oh, ooh, AJ Styles, could you picture him and your good brothers going to AEW? What? Where? What, what, what are they going to? Because Cody Rhodes is in a skybox? Man, I totally understand the excitement of seeing something that is innovative and fresh that doesn't have a history. All In was a huge success for a lot of reasons. It wasn't just the card that took place. It was the whole convention. It was the interaction. It was all of the the Hall of Famers and performers, current and yesteryear. It was podcasters, fans. It was getting together. It was awesome. It was excellent. It was a success, all right? I don't know if that could be duplicated again because there was so much time and, in, and invested for one four-day event. You're going to put on that level or even half of that level to do something every week with TV and contracts and steering people away from the WWE machine? Are you serious? It's very easy for any of us to fucking build a promotion or build a business when it's not all money involved. You got to take a little step back. Okay, you're excited. Something could be forming. There is nothing right now to lead to that. And you have existing promotions out there right now that are not WWE, even Ring of Honor. Oh, you don't think Ring of Honor is writing. Well, speak the fuck up. A lot of the stars that would be in AEW are in Ring of Honor. Oh, well, they're going to be leaving. Oh, what about fucking Impact Wrestling? Maybe if you support Impact Wrestling and try to help them build and fucking get out of this hole that they're in or this quicksand, 
then maybe they can bring some of these people in. I honestly think Impact Wrestling this year has been more entertaining other than the Hardys and, you know, the, the, the stuff that they did, you know, for the last year that they did with uh, Impact Wrestling. You know, that year entertained me quite a bit as well. But this year was different. All right. It doesn't feel like Dixie Carter's TNA promotion. No disrespect to Dixie, but it had that stigma attached to it that you couldn't escape. It feels different now. It's under new management. What's happening with Impact Wrestling right now? We called that a fucking year ago, maybe even longer than that, that it was going to be moved to Canada, that it seems like they're going to be focusing more on digital media than anything else. And if they can build and make this promotion larger and, you know, tour different areas of the world, you know, then that's gravy to a certain extent. But, you know, Impact Wrestling, that TV deal, man, that's ending soon. And there's no guarantee that they're going to be in prime time again anytime soon. And sorry, you think ratings don't matter. Well, they do. WWE's in Santiago, Chile this week. They're doing tryouts for the first ever time in, uh, in Chile. And some of the performers that they're doing tryouts with, some of them you've heard before. Ricky Marvin, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of him AAA, CMLL, Noah. Um, I don't know if he will get work with WWE. I mean, he's been around for a couple of decades now, and he's not a spring chicken anymore. He is tremendously talented. But I kind of feel like Ricky Marvin should have been brought in maybe 10 years ago. I'm not saying he would have been in, on the level of an Alberto Del Rio, but you know, just because you're doing tryouts in Chile doesn't mean all of a sudden Ricky Marvin... Well, would be, um, you know, uh, have that connection with the WWE universe. I don't know. They have some people trying out. They have no wrestling background whatsoever. Some training in boxing and jujitsu, but you also have some names that you may have heard of before. Zatara was in the Mayon Classic. Manuel Saez was in the uh, Cruiserweight Classic. Ariki Toa has been around for a while. Dragon Bane is the current King of the Year champion. WWE's looking to put their footprint in all different areas of the world. I know there's a lot of controversy right now with the UK. Just look at the uh, Twitter feed for Tyler Bate. I think a lot of people out there predicted what's happening right now with the controversy with WWE in the UK. It, it, that's going to happen in other countries as well. Not as bad as the UK, though, because you look at Chile and you look at other countries, you don't feel that big footprint, with the exception of maybe Japan and Mexico. Um, Puerto Rico as well, but um, I don't think WWE would have as big of a footprint in those countries because Japan is doing very well. Mexico and Puerto Rico... Uh, you know, I don't know if pol politically, and I don't mean government, but I don't know if they would be able to uh, get around the politics and I don't want to use the word corruption, but it'd be interesting to see how far they went if they tried to put their footprint like they're doing in the UK right now. So there's rumors going around that Kenny Omega is getting his own documentary on in HBO because there was an interview done with a musician from Toronto. His name is Joseph Shabashin, Shabason or Shabasson. I, I would say Shabason. If it's Canada, maybe it's pronounced Shabason. Uh, he was a guest on a show called Creative Control, two Ks. 
And during the interview, he said he had just finished um, doing work about a documentary involving a wrestler, and the wrestler's name is Kenny Omega. So I guess he did music for the documentary, but he actually name-dropped Kenny Omega. So I wonder how HBO would portray Kenny Omega. You know, I, I know for some fans out there of Kenny Omega would get very insulted when I say this, but it wouldn't surprise me if HBO took the stance of one of the greatest wrestlers of today that you never heard of before or never knew of. Wouldn't surprise me if they try to go that route. Maybe not use those exact words, but I could see something like that happening for sure. Um, other than that, I think we covered pretty much the gist of what we wanted to cover today. Um, first, a couple of plugs, Texas podcast massacre, awesome podcast talking about pop culture, horror films, you know, just horrible <laughs> films in a past that were so bad that you liked them. Rock reviews does some great YouTube reviews for, uh, rock music and grunge and a lot of music from yesteryear. Very unique show. Sneaker addict. DJ Dells, he has uh, an interview up right now with Scarlett Bordeaux of Impact Wrestling. Very entertaining. Dells is very easygoing, and Dells knows. I've been supporting him way before some others were doing so, and you know what I'm talking about, Dells. Elman Shah has a displayed store. You could get his link for his store on my website, dontony.com. Great pop culture artwork on metal. I'm telling you, if you got a little man cave or a little podcasting studio and you want some cool artwork in the background, just browse the store. It costs nothing to to view. Elman Shai, he's got some awesome shit. I've bought artwork from him in the past. SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. Your Best Bargains LLC has an Amazon and an eBay store under the same name. Crisis in the Toyverse has a podcast. They review toys, figures, just very, very unique bobbleheads. And they did a review of my bobblehead and it was so entertaining. And at the same time, it was very humbling as well. Show some love to all of those shows because they really do bust their ass for your entertainment and they love doing what they do. And what's awesome about it, everybody offers something different to the table. That is what's so cool about all of the shows that I just plugged right now. And shout out to everyone who have become fans of some of their shows. Uh, now, I don't know if it's just going to be tribute to the troops. I don't know if it's just going to be him showing love to the troops. I don't know if it's going to get involved in the storyline, the feud between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. But there are a lot of reports flying around that Roman Reigns is going to return to WWE television. Maybe just for a week or two. Maybe just for tribute for the troops. But if you heard on my shows two, three weeks ago, I said that I would love to see WWE bring him back and have him get involved in that storyline. I'm not saying he has to do anything physical. I'm not saying that he has to take any bumps. All right. What's going on with him with his chemo right now is pretty fucking brutal and intense. You know, God bless that guy for going through what he's going through. I don't know if I can handle half the shit that I hear he's going through. Um, but we saw him at that football game a week or two ago. He looked good. You know, you really couldn't 
tell, you know, that how much weight he had lost because he really, you can't, you know, he was on a football field by himself. He hasn't lost a tremendous amount of weight. He doesn't look emaciated or anything like that. To me, he looked fine, but he is going through a lot. Let's see if he does end up on TV. Me personally, if you ask my gut feeling, it'll be to pay tribute to the troops and nothing else. Um, it would be interesting to put him in that storyline because that's something I suggested a couple of weeks ago, but I don't know if WWE really wants him to get involved in that. We'll see. But tribute to the troops is taping, and we will have results from it very, very shortly. We will definitely talk about it, likely on the DTKC show, because your next episode here will not be for another two weeks, which will be the 19th of December. I can't believe that'll be the last episode before Christmas. Um, and actually, that'll be the last episode before the end of the year, because after that, the next episode doesn't take place again until January 2nd. So we have to start getting into year-end awards and all that. Wow, this year flew by. It's amazing. But again, everyone, thank you for the support as always. I'll return with Breakfast of Blasi two weeks from today, the 19th of December. But don't forget, tomorrow night on Patreon, you got Castle Chronicles, Kev Castle solo show. This weekend, you'll have episode 49 of This Week in Wrestling History. Uh, next week, DTKC show. Next week, we will have the um, TLC pay-per-view. So we'll figure out who the winners of the holiday points contest are on Patreon. Somebody's winning 250 bucks. A couple other people are winning a hundred bucks. I mean, that's been a fun little fantasy league we've been doing. And we got other shows going on as well. As far as blah, blah, blah. I would like to do an episode tomorrow. I don't know how much content there will be to cover, but something tells me I will be doing one. We'll keep that wait-and-see approach. I might wait until the weekend to record that. That'll be posted on Patreon. And that's it. Everyone, follow me on Twitter, at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony, at DonTony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC Show. And I've launched a Reddit page. It's still building. It's going to take a little while. But if you want to sign up on our Reddit, Reddit.com slash DTKC Show as well. And as always, patreon.com slash Don Tony helps us pay the bills, keep the lights on. And at the same time, we give you a boatload of entertaining content in return. Shout out to Mish, who is an MVP of what we do. Um, just a blast that we had yesterday on uh, Breakfast Chat was just something unique. Listen to the second half of that show. You know what I'm talking about. Wow. That's just wow. That's That's all I could say. And I'm not you know, trying to do any clickbait here. If anybody checks it out, they're not happy, you know, you let me know. But um, all right, everyone, I'm starting to ramble. I'm out of here. I feel like I'm going to start losing my voice. But uh, I'll catch you all soon. Be well, and you take care. Ciao. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.